here we are again, once again, for the 18th time. It's the end of a season of Arthur here on Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast, and I'm very glad to be joined by my co-host, me being Will Young, by the way, uh, Lucas Mancini. Lucas, it's been a, it's been yeah, a topsy turvy. Let me give you. I'm sorry, I, I seem to be joined by Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Bob. You got to get out of here. I got to get back on the mic. Yeah, no, it's me, Lucas. I'm back. Uh, my jet-setting ways have come to a temporary pause, and I can think of no better way to relax, sit back, um, and watch a full 22 minutes of Arthur with you, Will. And... Like Bob Dylan, you too have been like a Rolling Stone lately. <laughs> See, when you when that started happening, I was like, "Oh, Jesus, is he going to start off like just yeah? This is what Will sounds like." And I'm like, "Oh no, it's a Bob Dylan thing." <laughs> Don't worry, Will. Listen, there's a lot of things people could say about you. I'm sure you've heard it all. What is not that you sound like a Bob Dylan impression? No, I I've you got might, one. Maybe, maybe you sound like Nashville Skyline style Bob Dylan, where it's like <laughs> when he switched it up. He stopped smoking cigs and he started talking about like <laughs> it's more like that, yeah. <laughs> and then you went in and in blood on the tracks. I'll take your word for it, I guess. But it's good. To, it's good to have you back uh, as we get ready to end off the season here, and of course. When Lucas is not here, I don't like to uh, talk about the emails because I want to save them for when he is here. So now it's time to go back over to our mailbag, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. We have a couple of emails here. Lucas, our first one is from Oscar. Hope you all have been well. In the spirit of spooky season, I thought I'd share what may well be the first appearance of Mrs. Tibble. Let's just say it throws in a serious question, the animal hierarchy, at least in the books. I know we've seen pictures of humans in the show. But I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this from the book, Arthur's Halloween. This is the only time I recall seeing a human interact with Arthur in the books, so are they nearly extinct? Is this woman actually a witch like she's accused of in the book? Does she turn herself into an animal when people ask too many questions? Are the Tibbles not, in fact, hyperactive children, but familiars hell-bent on chaos? The world may never know. Anyway, hope you all have a fun and safe fall season. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm sure this has come up at some point, but in the book... Arthur's Halloween, which is part of the original run of the Arthur books. Uh, yeah, the, T- the Tibble family are humans, which right. did not make it over to the cartoon. I don't think I knew that Mrs. Tibble was included in that. I, we've talked before about how the Tibbles used to be human. They were the only humans in the Arthur universe, which is kind of ironic given, you know, they're kind of the animals of the, the younger crew, if you know what I'm saying, in spirit, rather. Um, but, uh, I don't know if I knew that Mrs. Tibble was included. So, very strange. Very weird. It makes you wonder, you know, they never really tackle this in the show. Um, so, you know, no need to worry about the show's animal hierarchy logic. But it makes you wonder what the, what the heck old Mark Brown was on about. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just one of those, when he was figuring out the Arthur universe, not even knowing that it would be a universe. He's just making these books and just seeing what sticks. And maybe he just made the, those that one book with the humans. And he was like, well, uh, actually, I don't like this. And we're just kind of going to go go in a different place from here. And that happens all the time. I mean, like with all kinds of 
authors, creators. You try stuff, and then it doesn't work, and then people like us nitpick about it uh, decades later after you've <laughs> made a lot of money, so it doesn't matter. Um, uh, th- thank you for that, Oscar. Always a good reminder. Our other email is from Ashley, who's been emailing us uh, quite a bit. Again, uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, Ashley's emails fell into the spam folder, but they're not going there anymore, I'm happy to say. Ashley says, hey, Will and Lucas, thank you so much for not flushing my emails. Your response was well worth the wait. It's funny you mentioned bringing Peanut Butter Gamer up on the show, or at least wanting him to know the podcast exists, because now he does. During his last Twitch stream, I mentioned your podcast to him and the references you guys make to his videos. He thought that was super cool and wasn't aware of the podcast. He was thankful for the name drops and hopes to check it out soon, so he at least knows you guys exist now. Uh, I would like to say hello, special hello to Peanut Butter Gamer. Everybody else turn the podcast off right now. Hi, Peanut Butter Gamer. Hello, PBG. I remember uh, that guy with the glasses.com. You remember that? Remember that guy with the glasses.com? Oh, yeah, I can tell you some stories <laughs> about that guy with the glasses.com. I was down down since day one. Now wow. it's just me. Now it's just me. Use, uh, but he was also part of Normal Boots, which was uh, which was its own thing for a little while too. All right, I remember it, that it, as well. Wow, it, we've sure been on be this this whole internet a while. Will I got that notification while I was <laughs> gone this past week? I've been on the former Twitter, now X, for yes. fourteen years. Wow, uh, which is really insane because I think I got Twitter before anybody I knew in real life ever had Twitter. So um, pretty crazy. I've deleted all of my social medias at least once, so I think I had Twitter as far back as 2008, but it won't say that now. So I've been tweeting for like 14, 15 years like you, but I don't have the OG specs to prove it. Lucas, what do you think? I'm try- because we have a we have a decent age gap between us, so I'm wondering like what's the oldest thing you can remember about the internet. So when you were when you were talking about like we've been here for a while. So like one thing that comes to mind is like Live Journal. So I've been around longer than Live Journal, but uh, Numa 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 Numa. Um, ICQ. My sister used ICQ. Mm, see, I was an MSN. Me too. I about, me too. I knew, about, I knew about MSN in junior high. The first like meme I ever saw was probably around, like, Numa Numa. Do you remember right. I'm a fire in my laser? That was a big oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, that I'm, was... I'm a fire in my laser. That was huge for me back in the day. That was. I think that was big when I was in, like, high school or maybe, like, late junior high. Um, and, and, I mean, of course, th- this is the one that trumps most. I remember dial-up internet. I was there for that. And I'm sure you were, too, right? Uh, I don't know. I think my parents just didn't have the internet at that point. Okay. Which, like, can you imagine? I know. I know, right? (laughs) Choosing not to have the internet. Ashley continues, Thanks for your horror movie recommendations. Mr. Vampire is on my watch list, and I am very well familiar with the insanity that is House. Your recommendations made me think of another out there horror movie, A Chinese Ghost Story. This movie has it all. Thrills, scares, romance, action, and comedy. It's a wild ride, but a really good time. I'd give it a watch if you haven't already. And speaking of movies, I recently started a letterboxed as a way to keep up with everything I want to watch. And I made sure to follow you guys first been really enjoying your movie opinions and reviews. Yes. You can follow us on our letterbox. I've been very active recently, uh, because, uh, my watch list is 
insanely long, so I've been kind of putting it into chunks of all the streaming services that I have. So I have a bunch of movies left on Tubi, and then I'm going to start firing off some free uh, free trials to other ones that I haven't tried yet. I got another freaky Halloween scare for everybody if you've enjoyed Mr. Vampire. I watched mm. um, the Japanese movie from the 90s, Cure, uh, the other Ooh, day. Ooh, I really want to see that one. Uh, yes. It is as good as everyone always says. You know, that's one of those movies where it took me forever to take the plunge because it just kind of looks like a detective movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah. And so it's kind of dry. There's no, like, like Mr. Vampire is easy to recommend because it's so in your face and over the top and a fun time for the whole family. But uh, Cure, it's harder to describe in a sentence what makes it good, you know, because it's yeah. a movie about mood and atmosphere and that sort of thing. Uh, but it's on Criterion Channel right now, and, you know, it's it's the scary movie season, so I finally peeped it, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, it's as good as everyone says. It was fantastic. So a big old recommend for um, Cure. Speaking of fantastic, this isn't horror, but I'm breaking some news here because I'm seeing on my letterboxed uh, Lucas Mancini gives Killers of the Flower Moon four stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon, no spoilies. Um, it You know... You know a movie's good when it starts with a little video of Marty being like, thank you for coming to the movies. <laughs> that always works <laughs> on me. Like when I went to go see Top Gun and it's got Tom. Tom's in the plane being like, welcome to the movies. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, nothing less than four stars when something's introduced like that. But um, here's my, I, I say it in Letterbox too, but here's my Heroes of the Flower, Flower Moon take is that we're bringing back courtroom movies and I, I am here nice. for it. You know, it used to be in the in the 90s, Will, you'd have a day off with your dad and you'd have to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, well, let's go see something, you know, adapted from a Jonathan Grisham novel starring yes. actors we've heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah. then Marvel movies started happening and those movies just stopped existing for like 20 years. There was no courtroom movies. And now with Oppenheimer... And Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm happy to announce the big budget massive star courtroom drama is back. And, you know, you don't know what it's got. You got till it's gone. I'm like, wow, movies for grownups. They're so <laughs> awesome. Wow, a movie that doesn't make me feel like I'm I'm a, a dunce. Like a movie that doesn't treat me like a, like a drooling moron. Thank God. <laughs> uh, so I've been that's been a bit of a rele- revelation this year. Especially after uh, my wife and I finished watching The Practice, like I have an all new, like I liked them before, but I really have a new appreciation for courtroom dramas. And like a lot of those ones that were made in like the 80s and 90s, still really good, like really worth checking out. Uh, off the top of my head, Primal Fear with Richard Gere. That's oh, a really great good movie. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, horror movie recommendation for me, I got a month to shudder because tis the season. Uh, you should watch the movie Demons. It's yes. awesome. It's so movie. disgusting. It's great. Very good movie. De- very good soundtrack. Italian, yes. Oh, my God. That, that falls under my, uh, you know, every movie that's made by an Italian guy gets the Italian excellence, the Lucas Italian excellence stamp of approval. And Demons <laughs> absolutely is a shining example of Italian excellence. 
Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, last part here, Vashley's email. Update on podcast progress. I'm now on season 11. I'm surprised to say I actually remember most, if not all, of these episodes, so I guess I stayed an active Arthur viewer longer than I thought. I've been bouncing between past episodes and new ones, so I don't fall too far behind. It's cool hearing the journey of you guys and the podcast. So much has changed since you first started the show. But one thing that stays the same is the genuine fondness for Arthur, each other, and everyone who takes the time out to listen. That is true. Also happy to see that throwaway character of the week is still a thing. Do you guys have a top three of throwaway characters? Off the top of my head, I would say Tyrone Bellows, Banana Mano Man and the manager that kicks out the Tibbles in Mind Your mat- Matters. Keep up the great work. Oh, Lucas, there's been so many. Are, yeah. are there any like when you like when you let's, think let's, of the throwaway character? The, like the, the we'll do the bookends, right? So Banana Mano yeah. Man is the most recent example, and I think he's a shining example of what we want from a throwaway character of the week. A character who is basically exists to be a gag, uh, but you know it's it's about show don't tell and. We're left wondering, I wonder what happens to Banano Mano Man when he's not on Arthur. You know, I want more from him. You know, what else has he got going on? Uh, Another example until he showed up again was Arthur's uncle. Remember in, like, season one when we first met Arthur's uncle who was like, Hey, Artie! Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, He was, I believe, the original throwaway character of the week. Um, So those are two kind of shining examples of what I want from that genre. I don't remember who it was that sent me this message and where, so I apologize if I'm forgetting. Uh, Maybe it was the Discord? Uh, I think it was the Discord somewhere. Somebody mentioned that Banano Mano Man has shown up one time before as like a Dark Bunny villain, so that was not his first appearance when we saw him in that episode. Whoa. Um, Sorry, I forget who that was. but thank you for letting me know. Uh, thank you as well to Ashley and Oscar and everyone who sent us correspondence at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Speaking of thanking people, I want to do so for our patrons at patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. Uh, remember, patrons, you still have plenty of exclusive podcasts to listen to, including the most recent episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast on Angelina Ballerina, we will be having a new episode of For the Kids coming your way. If you're a patron, it'll be next week. If you're listening on the free feed, you'll be able to hear the preview next week. But if you are a patron, you will be hearing that, and you can even tell me when I'm wrong on Discord, uh, such as uh, patrons including John Griswold and Ross Ward. Thank you to Marlo Stanfield, Owen, and Revd. Thank you to Greenhouse Vinyls and RG. Thank you to RPG Fiend and Katie. Thank you to Ash, Chloe, and to Ben Spatall. Thank you to Ann Perry and the Flying Sparks 32. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you uh, helping us out on Patreon. And now it's time. The final episode of Season 18. And this one, it's a, it's a big one. In no small part because this is another double episode. We get these, I feel like the average is at least once per season. I, I don't, I don't, they don't usually double dip in a season, but every season I think we end up getting one and then we might skip a season, but this is our, this is our one and it's called shelter from the storm. So we're not going to, I mean, <laughs> is, is, is that a, is that a, is that a Bob Dylan song? Like, is that yeah. why you have him on the brain? Let me give you a shelter from the storm. 
Okay, yeah. I, I, I just thought you were it's on like famous. a Dylan kick or something. I, I really don't know that much about Bob Dylan. Uh, his name, his real name is something Zimmerman. Shelter from the Storm. It's from Blood on the Tracks, which is the best Bob Dylan album. Uh, take your word for it. Um, yeah, you should check it out, Will. You should check it out. That's your homework for the week. Is okay. to listen to Bob Dylan's uh, "Blood on the Tracks" uh, and let me know what you think. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll report back in the new in the new season once we yes. get that started. So this is all about a storm. We're talking about Hurricane Sadie, which is coming to Elwood City, and all the kids are getting ready for it now. Brain is there are several perspective characters in this episode i i would say brain is the main one when he said hurricane sadie i thought he said hurricane satan so it was uh, like we're starting the arthur episode it's the morning <laughs> i'm still having my breakfast and it's just like brain's like hurricane satan is coming to elwood city i'm like i can't have heard that right do it do it again do it again hurricane sadie there uh should be a hurricane satan though i i agree with the kids kind of have this conversation, and this is a much-needed reminder because I always kind of forget how this works, about the naming conventions of hurricanes um, and how kind of the meteorological societies kind of preordain all the names in alphabetical order ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Brain's kind of explaining all of this uh, because <laughs> there's a good joke from Buster. He's like, Hurricane Sadie, why didn't they name it something scary like Nigel? And and did you did you realize we we've had a hurricane Nigel this year? Oh, like like IRL. Oh, good yeah. point. Whoa. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's been. This is kind of the scary part, folks. This isn't all laughs. Um, Halifax global warming, that whole thing. We've been having a lot more hurricanes uh, yeah. as of late uh, because the Atlantic Ocean is warming up around us. So that's kind of a that's a bummer. Um, but I guess, yeah, more opportunities to have hurricanes named after the what hurricanes are named after in Arthur episodes. Yeah, it was, it was just so weird of, of, and when I looked this up on the Arthur wiki, it was like, Hurricane Nigel, uh, is scheduled, like, if there are enough hurricanes, should happen a few years, like, several years after this airs. It's like, yeah, 2023. It's just wild that it happened that way. Uh, yeah, so... Everybody has a different perspective on this. Brain is really excited. He can't wait to see it. He's got he's created a desktop model of a globe that is tracking the hurricane's progress. Like he essentially makes like a mini NORAD. Except instead of a hurricane, instead of Santa, it's a hurricane. <laughs> right. Muffy says that her family are going to have a hurricane party. Uh LaDonna. Okay, so the Crosswire's having a hurricane party. They're all talking about this at the ice cream shop uh which you know not a great idea to have a hurricane party and everybody else is gonna just stay inside stay safe uh we see after the opening that brain and his dad are literally battening down the hatches of the ice cream shop they're putting wood up over the windows so that the glass doesn't break uh i'll just say this quickly uh the there's a red there's a red traffic light swinging in the wind and it reminded me of twin peaks because a lot of the episodes end with that image Mm. we go to a couple of the other families that we're following so it's brain it's muffy and the cross wires have like a generator they're like they're all good they're they're dressed to the nines and they're having a nice dinner Ladonna and bud are with their entire family which we've seen bits and pieces of their family but now we see like there's Ladonna, there's bud 
There's their mom, who we've met before. There's her sister, who we've seen before. There seems to be another brother, and we meet LaDonna's father. Um, what? Hang on. I've, uh, oh, man. R- Rufus. Rufus uh, uh, Compson. Now, we don't get much of real Rufus in this episode. We get more of dream Rufus in this right, episode. Right, yeah. So yeah. not not the best sample size of old Rufus here, but I hate to say it, Will, I think I might have a little bit of Elmo's dad syndrome with Rufus and that I hate his guts. Okay. And you... I really don't vibe with... Oh, yeah, for those not in the know, we yeah. talked about this a couple, uh, many weeks ago. There was these, during COVID, uh, there's these kind of public service announcements that uh, uh, Sesame Street had put together featuring Elmo's dad talking about you got to get the COVID vaccine, Elmo. Uh, and he's a scumbag who dresses like Guy Fieri and has a similar facial hair. And he's been a deadbeat Elmo's whole life. He hasn't been in Elmo's life until, you know, the COVID. He could get some clout from talking about the COVID vaccine. And he talks like this, Elmo. And I am not a fan, okay? You were you were quite passionate in our Sesame Street episode of For the Kids uh, about your di- about your dislike for him, which is funny because I really like him, and it, it's <laughs> I like I don't understand where this this well of contempt comes from for Elmo's dad. It, it it also helps that he's in like really great PSAs about like getting the COVID vaccine or that clip of uh him explaining Black Lives Matter to Elmo, which as I've said before, is just like it makes me tear up because I think it's just a really nice thing to say. And, um, but yeah, it, it, his charms do not extend to Lucas. And I just, I don't under, I don't understand. It's just a vibe that you get. So you're getting the same type of vibe from old Rufus Compson over here. Yeah. Rufus Compson. And we, you know, not to relitigate this, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum, the whole <laughs> Bud and LaDonna family, the accent, it's a little much. I'm sure there's people somewhere in the South who talks like this. But sure. I feel like I'm almost certain that the voice actors who are playing Blood and LaDonna don't actually talk like this. So it's a voice actor doing one of their many voices. Yes. And to hear them do it over and over and over again, the more we have to hear from them, the worse it gets. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm LaDonna and I'm Bud and we're yokels and everybody talks like this. And there's only so much about it I can take. And for something about Rufus... Rufus kind of actually is what I joke Elmo's dad is, and that I'm always like, you know, Elmo's dad, he should have been there for Elmo through all these these <laughs> years. And where's Elmo's dad been? God knows, living on a, you know, houseboat somewhere. Um, <laughs> Rufus literally is just not around. Now, it is because he has a job that he has to be on call for, which is actually explained um, in detail by LaDonna. You know, his his dad is, by the way, propaganda for the Army Corps of Engineers, which is not, yeah. I didn't know that that's what they were called. Like, I knew there yeah, was engineers either. in the army, but I didn't realize, LaDonna keeps saying in almost kind of a very, it's like how in WWE they say things that nobody would actually say in real life conversation. like Medi- Medical facility. Yeah, someone was taken to a local medical facility for some reason because they can't say hospital. I don't think yeah. anyone's ever said the Army Corps of Engineers. Oh, my dad's part of the Army Corps of Engineers, which are there for disasters. It's very kind of stilted and odd. Yeah, it's um, like you you if you were that age you'd probably say he's an engineer with the army, but it's just it yeah. feels like they need to represent the trademark. And I was wondering when we were going to get to this because I have seen the official Arthur accounts put out stuff that's like, "Hey, like resources for military families." And now it's like Rufus is I want to say 
is he the first character on the show that's in the military? Like, other than, like, one-offs. So, like, we might see Rufus again. And this is part of LaDonna's family. This is why they move around so much. But I, I was wondering if you were also going to mention, Rufus doesn't have an accent, really. So he... he well, no, no, no. He does. He does. He's, he's does talking he? like this, too. Yeah, that's oh, another reason why I don't like him. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He also talks like this. Me, uh, you know what? I'm going to... He doesn't I, I, look I, like it though, because he does. They they did a good job on dressing Lucas, uh, Lucas, dressing whoa. Rufus. Whoa, uh, dressing Rufus like an engineer would dress. He kind of just looks like a <laughs> kind of a nerdy guy. Yeah, he uh, looks like a weenie. He looks yeah, like a weenie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me. Let, you ever see I'm just that gonna... meme, Will? While we're hating on engineers, uh, <laughs> you ever see that meme where it's like, it's it's a picture of like um, ancient Roman streets. And they're like, the Romans had devised the first, like, city streets. And then no. the engineers showed up. And it's like a picture of a bunch of potholes. No, I've never seen that before. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. He, yeah, you're right. He definitely does. But again, it's, to your to your point, it's, I feel like there are three different accents going on here. And it's just like, Southern. And it's like, well, there's differences in those Southern accents. His, his is a lot more like... Almost like like Rufus Thompson here, like a like a respectable like Georgian accent, and then Bud is like Jambalaya, bleh, 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 you know, just the way that he is. Anyway, Ladon and Bud's father. This is the first time we're meeting him. He's part of the Army Corps of Engineers, and he has to go deal with the Katzenel and Bogan River that is overflowing, which is going to take him away for several day for potentially several days, and he may end up missing Ladonna's birthday, which is later that week, which she is a bit she's upset about. We find out just how much later on. Uh, the final perspective character is Arthur, and his is pretty pretty mild compared to everybody else's. They get a slight power blip at home. There's a funny moment where the they're all everybody in the family is gathered around the TV. Mom says, "Don't worry, we're safe." DW tells Kate, "Don't worry, we're safe." And then Kate goes, and like kind of babbles, and Pal goes, like understands. And it was just, it was so nice that they didn't use their human voices for that. Mm. I really appreciated it. Yeah, Pal wasn't like, "Oi, governor, what?" Call Brimey. <laughs> <laughs> I do say, old man, it's going yeah. to be all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also do want to mention that there is a quick throwaway line by Mister Crosswire that Chip is not there with them. He's currently at Tallahassee Tech, so he's in university. I didn't necessarily. I wasn't. I'm never wondering where Chip is. So it's funny that they keep having to explain why he's not there. <laughs> Arthur's thing doesn't come around until the next day because they're watching news footage of post-hurricane and he sees pets that have been left behind and he feels really bad about it. Uh, wishes that there was something that he could do. Um, that So that's his damage going on. LaDonna's is with her birthday. Um, the uh, also, also worth noting here because we've talked about LaDonna's birthday we find out that she is going to turn nine years old. So she's eight going on nine. Um, the big thing here is that the Brains Mom's ice cream shop gets demolished. In fact, it's the only shop on the block that this happens to. Everything else is basically untouched. But they prepared. They did everything right. Brain was excited. And now he's very upset because they did all that preparation. 
And now they're going to have to rebuild. Their insurance will cover it, but they will have to rebuild. And then it's from this point we start to see brain developing symptoms of anxiety around be, being afraid of another hurricane. So this is I will, very I will much. Say this. Yeah, yeah. Go uh, this is one of those cases where the episode in my head is an episode they could never actually do. Uh, okay. But this is a great moment of, you know. I'm so used to seeing something like this be the other way around where someone has a crisis of faith. You know, Brains is talking about they prepared as much as they could, and it's such a statistical anomaly that the one place on the block that'd be destroyed is theirs. And I almost, you know, if this was a different show, I I would almost want Brain to question his devout, you know, science, his devout, like, dedication to atheism and science, and it's it's God who is smiting and punishing Brain, you know? And, it, it, you know, the Brain made this Faustian deal. He tried to learn the natural world uh, too scientifically, um, and for his Tower of Babel-like uh, hubris, God has come down and doth smite, doth smote Brain, you know what I mean? Um, now yeah. they, they actually do do something, uh, also very interesting and kind of, uh, very kind of wise beyond Arthur's years in that they kind of turn it into a mental health story. But this was a really interesting moment for me where it's like, I like to see brain squirm. You know, he's usually the man with all the answers. <laughs> and so it's fun to see the almighty toy with him. You know what I mean? And it's not because <laughs> I'm a, it's not because I'm a sadist. It's just that. You know, it goes the other way around, right? Like in movies where someone is questioning their faith because something happens, that's what makes it interesting in turn, right? It's it, it's nice to see someone who has absolute certainty kind of have that broken uh, for drama's yeah. sake. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, I, I thought it was kind of ingenious to pick brain for this to happen to. And it's no secret that neither you nor I like brain all that much. So if it's sure. going to happen to somebody, it might as well be him. Uh, yeah, this is this is something that will follow and will tie in to the big appearance in this episode. Um, from here, or I should say, so that's how everybody's affected by the hurricane. Muffy's affected because her home suffered moderate damage. So the, the main floor was flooded. They lost power for a little bit. There has to be like some repairs going on. But she's very quick to say that it was destroyed. Um so they have to stay at a hotel, the Crosswires do, but that eventually becomes all of the hotels are booked up, so they have to stay at a shelter. They have to slum it at a shelter, which they're not too happy about. Arthur's direction from here is that he decides that he wants to do something to help all of the animals in need, which is what he will follow. Buster's around. He kind of just does laugh lines for the episodes. We mentioned, as you mentioned about that hurricane Nigel thing. Uh, he does have a thing here where he lost his pet rock Pierre at the beach last year. So that's why the pet thing hits close to home for him. I, I actually thought he was going to bring up the puppy that he references in the first season that we never hear him talk about. Well, and we also see him, he's watching a television program where he, like, sees someone else's dog stranded, and it, it's, it's a kind of a great animal hierarchy moment, because he's like, right. the animals, not the lost animals, and it's like, <laughs> brother, look in the mirror. Uh, and we do see that specific dog that he's watching again later. And LaDonna's whole thing is that she is not able to see her dad. We see even her 
uh, Skype call with him gets interrupted. It gets interrupted by static. I don't think that's possible. Like, I don't think... We, you and me don't normally do the video call on Skype, but I don't think... Usually, it'll just break up, and then it'll it'll usually just, like, freeze. I don't think Skype has the possibility of going to static. No, that only happens in, like, found footage horror movies. Like, uh, yeah. like if we were on Skype during um, Cloverfield, it'd be like, Will? Will, I can't hear you! <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, there's no artifacting. It's just it's just a TV, TV static, uh, black and gray. Supporting this podcast is how it keeps going, and it's very easy to do. So here's how you can do that. If you're listening to this show and want to get the full back catalog of Elwood City Limits and all of its sister shows and offshoots, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even more services. You can also go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits, for the full back catalog. If we aren't on a service you use, please let us know. You can interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, at ECL Podcast, Instagram, at at Elwood City Limits and twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits pod for our occasional streams. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or you can email us and your email might be right on the show. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. Finally, for exclusive content, including entire side series like For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast and ECL Origins, subscribe to us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash ElwoodCityLimits. That's all for now. Thanks a lot for listening. And now back to the show. And LaDonna goes on to have a bad dream. This is the, you were talking about the dream Rufus that we see here, where it's an anxiety that she has with her, not just now, but for a lot of her life, because her dad has to work away from home. She has a bad dream that she has to celebrate all of her holidays at once while he is there, because he may not be there for any of them. So that means not just her upcoming birthday, but like next birthday and Christmas and her graduation and her dad gives her a car and then he has to leave halfway through that celebration anyway because he has to go to work and it ends with LaDonna like screaming it's not fair at the at the sky so this yeah, is her, her this dad is a bit creates, of what she's dealing with her dad creates the concept of grad uh gradu christmas gradu christmas for day <laughs> Which is certainly certainly effective, but I think the closest that we might have gotten is that it, you ever get the gift that's so big it counts for your birthday and Christmas? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, the this this is what Ladonna is dealing with mentally. So Brain is still not doing very well. He's he's getting spooked even by the wind coming in through the window. So at the advice of the pedi- of their pediatrician. They go to see a therapist whose name is Dr. Paula, and Lucas, it's a guest voice. It's the wonderful and talented Adele Dezim. Oh, you stole, I was going to do the same <laughs> joke. I was like, we got Adele, the the amazing, talented Adele Dezim. I even looked up the <laughs> video because I forgot, I knew he got the name wrong, but I forgot like just how wrong he gets the name. Uh, for those who don't know, it's Adina Mazel. Adina Menzel. Now I'm doing it. Now I'm Adina, Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel. Thank you. Who uh, was nominated for an Oscar for best original song, and uh, John Travolta got her name wrong. This was a famous from a simpler time, you know, pre Will Smith assault. This is uh, a famous uh, kind of Oscar flummox uh, where. Um, John Travolta's culture Adele Mazim, 
which isn't even close. It's not even the same amount of syllables. No, it was a real, like, didn't try to pronounce it before he read the teleprompter. So he just kind of winged it and it did not work. And then the next year they they played into it because he's like they both presented together and he was like, oh, my friend, the like you are the lovely and talented Edina Menzel. And everybody clapped, but he did it in a weird way. So it was still awkward. So, yeah, this is Edina Menzel, uh, who is, of course, the voice of Elsa from Frozen. Uh, she was in the movie and stage version of Rent. She was in the stage version of Wicked. She's a very, very well-known uh, singer and actor. It, this, is, this is one of the, quietly one of the bigger gets of the show. And especially at this point in her career, this is 20, this is like 2014-ish. So Frozen has already come out. This is, this is pretty, this is pretty notable. post-Frozen. It is kind of funny that it is so notable and it's, she's not playing herself, right? Usually when someone's this famous, Mm. they just play, I guess the exception would be Joan Rivers, but that's as a kind of a main member of the Arthur clan, you know, unless we see Brains Therapist again. Um, it's kind of interesting that she's not playing herself and they're not acknowledging that it's her. Yes, and I and I think that you know her her animated version, her character design doesn't look, you know, it's a, it's not like a dead ringer for her. It looks similar, but you wouldn't be able to tell that it's her just by looking at her. I think she's I think she's really good here. And so we've you and I have talked before about how sometimes they get non-actors to do these roles, you know, you're, the classic example we love to use is Frank Gehry. Uh, but, you know, Adina Menzel is an actor, and she's playing a therapist character, and she's she's got a great therapy voice. Like, she says all her, all her lines in this really soothing manner that I found very pleasant to listen to. So Brain is talking with uh, Dr. Paula about uh, his feelings of anxiety and the, the the sessions they have together over a couple of scenes, it's pretty simple stuff. She teaches him some breathing exercises that it's okay to be going to therapy and it's okay to feel scared. It's simil- It reminds me in a way of, it feels like an update to um, April 9th of the, the way in which that episode talks about PTSD and anxiety with based around a traumatic event without naming them. And in that case, there wasn't a necessary a necessarily a therapist character, but there were therapeutic, you know, Binky talking about it was therapeutic for him. And in this one it's specifically trying to demystify the practice of therapy to kids, which I think is a really good idea. So that's what Brain's got going on. At the shelter, Muffy and her family are, you know, not used to this you know, they're not used to this type of lifestyle. Muffy meets a character whose name is Kaylee Lamott, the rare guest character who gets a first and last name. She's not voiced by a celebrity or anything, but she describes herself as the mayor of the shelter. So she helps Muffy get acclimated to staying there. So she gives her earplugs for all the snoring that goes on at night and just generally helps to take her mind off the situation. Meanwhile, Arthur is trying to raise money for the animal shelter. He's got the old uh, the old can going on there, but there's not a whole lot of people who are uh, really donating. So DW, uh, DW's got some good advice in this episode. She uh, g- tells Arthur that he's got to kind of 
up his pitch a little bit as she says, everyone knows you don't sell the pudding, you sell the wiggle. Okay, is this a known turn of phrase or did DW come up with this? Because this is genius. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's her take on you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle. I've never heard this about the pudding, but it was really funny and like a fun way. Because I, of course, DW hasn't eaten steak, probably wouldn't like steak is my guess, but she likes pudding. And instead of the sizzle, it's the wiggle. So I thought that was, I thought it was clever. Like, it's a good line. But I mean, you can certainly start using it. This is the first time I've ever heard it. She also has advice for Bud, who is, uh, LaDonna is saying that she doesn't want to celebrate her birthday now because she's upset about her dad not being there, but she's trying to play it off. And Bud can't understand this, why anybody would not want to celebrate their birthday party. So DW suggests to him to throw a party that she would like. Uh, so he decides to do that, even if she doesn't want one. Um, yeah, we're, we're just continuing on here with the, with the through lines of the stories. So brain is given some breathing exercises to work on with Dr. Paula. And it's, you know, very simple, like breathe in, breathe out pretty, pretty first day type of stuff. We also see that Muffy uh, is has made friends with Kaylee. After school one day, Mr. Crosswire picks up Muffy in the car that won them the Derby that last season, the the one with the flames on the side. The, the, it picks her up because the repairs are done to her house, but Muffy s- finds out that Kaylee's house has been destroyed in the hurricane, and this is when it hits home for Muffy because previously in this episode, she's very much like, oh, bad stuff happened to me, and I can't really understand it from other people's perspective. But seeing what happens with Kaylee's home, she offers for her and her family to move into the Crosswire's house while their home is being repaired. Although Kaylee and her family are, Kaylee says that her family is going to stay in Florida with her uncle while their house is rebuilt. However, Kaylee does adopt Sadie, who was the dog on the roof at the beginning of the episode. You mentioned that Arthur was watching that news coverage because Arthur, with help from his mom, built a website called Help After Sadie, which is a website to help reconnect families with their lost pets. And there's videos of the owners with their pets, and this is how they're able to connect Sadie with Kaylee. So that's a, it, it, that's a, that's a neat way to bring it all together. And I do want to mention that she was given a first and last name. They give her a dog. I did check. We never see Kaylee again. Well, okay. So, okay. <laughs> Here's audience members perk up because we're gonna. This is an important distinction, okay? A good throwaway character of the week is a character that so leaves an impression on me and Will. We're yucking it up. We're like, this guy, blah, blah, blah. It's our new best friend, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. we never see them again. They're never mentioned again. You know what I mean? And we're left wanting more. Yeah. A bad throwaway character of the week is a character who's just kind of another kid. Kind of half introduced, half not introduced. Oh, well, this is an interesting new character. A friend for Muffy who's lower class. Uh, maybe we could get more from them to kind of flush them out later on down the line. Excited to see how they could kind of do more in different stories because they're just kind of introduced this time. And then they end up being a throwaway character of the week, right? Um, so that's that's the suboptimal type of throwaway character of the week, not the optimal one. That has happened several times at this point where we do have, as you said, we have a character who's introduced and it's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, And they seem like 
they're set up for them to come back and then they never and then they don't or they come back like as background characters or ignominious roles it's just like okay like i i just it's just funny of like then why would you give her like a full name it just seems like maybe at some point they intended to bring her back or wanted to leave the door open but yeah definitely not going to happen which is Kind of too bad. Always use another character for Muffy to bounce off of, I guess. These stories all come together with what ends up being a surprise party. Buster says that he is going to repair the treehouse, but LaDonna offers to help him. It's a front for her surprise party that also features her dad. Like, all of her friends are there. They have a cake, and then her dad steps out from the tree line. And it's just like, I couldn't see him with all those fatigues on him. Uh, but he manages to make it just for a little bit, and LaDonna's very happy about that. And Brain is on his way to the party, and then he's hit by a wave of anxiety because he passes by a tree that's blowing in the wind, and he uses the breathing techniques and he there's like it's like there's also like a mantra that he says to himself of like i am like i'm strong i'm smart i'm brave and that helps him to get him through the anxious moment and he makes it to the party he has reconverted his hurricane tracker which broke in the hurricane into a happy birthday message <laughs> so i mean that's nice that is nice it's just kind of funny and we do get we do get a final word here from uh, Dr. Paula because Brain is having everybody over to the ice cream shop after it opens. He's got like a special hurricane themed uh, smoothie and Dr. Paula, he, he offers one on the house to Dr. Paula and she says, I love everything that's sweet and frozen. Boo. <laughs> I did actually poo at the screen, just like I get. About, are kids even gonna pick up on that? Or I guess I don't know. Maybe, like I, I think, I think maybe, uh, especially. Well, it's hard to say because Adina Menzel, when she's speaking, doesn't have as recognizable a voice as when she's singing, obviously, and she doesn't sing in this episode. So maybe some like know-it-all kids might get it, but. Then, then there's you and me. That's just like, ugh, yeah, that's uh, all right. You, oh, you know what? The parents watching will get it. Which, which, you know what? That also makes me realize a lot of times when they have a a special guest, like a celebrity guest, they'll have the card at the end that's like, and thank you to, um, you know, Alan Cumming for for the appearance or Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I don't think there was one here, unless I missed it. But I, I, there wasn't like a special guest appearance by Adina Menzel. Oh, I feel like there must have been, because how else would I have known <laughs> that it was Adina Menzel? I, I, I feel like I wouldn't have recognized her otherwise. Let's take a look here at the end. Yeah, actually, based I'm on the Arthur do... books, it's usually it's usually right before the credits too. It'll, it, it like it don't it feels like there it feels like there should be. So I wanna I wanna confirm this and just make sure that I'm not making this up but I don't remember seeing it. It's also it. kind of it... weird because this episode's a two-parter, right? The uh, the story, mm-hmm. instead of being two separate stories, rather, the story takes place over the whole 22 minutes. Yeah. Um, and so we get the word from us kids at the very end, which yeah. I don't think has ever happened before, either on the other oh. episodes where we had word from us, uh, to, uh, a kind of two-parter. I, I, I can't remember if the word from us kids was in the middle or we just didn't have words from us kids on the those streams. So before we get to that, I do want to mention that 
There is no special, like, special guest appearance by Adina Menzel. But in the voice credits, she is there, and her text is in a different color. So it actually doesn't show up very well. <laughs> like, all of the credits are in white, but hers is in purple? And it's hard to see against the background. So it's actually kind of not as not as well-serving her as, as you would think. And yeah, that is... That's the end of the episode. Everything ends up well. And as you said, Lucas, and now a word from us kids. And now a word from us kids. It's here at the end. This is, we're throwing off our rhythm here. We don't have it in the middle. Um, you know what, what we sometimes get at the end is that, oh, and now a word from Mark Brown when he would like draw the characters. So that's what made, that's what it made me think of. But this word from us kids is about Melina and her friends. They meet Christine and Peter, who work at MEMA, the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency, who tracks local storms and weather emergencies for uh, the Massachusetts area. Okay, fun, fun revelation about me. I actually took a class at one of these places one time. I took an emergency management public relations like one day course now it was at like oh. the police station but it was like how to run one of these types of command centers or whatever in like okay. the event of a hurricane or something mm-hmm. and it's, i i guess i i i'm personally curious like did it look did our version of this look similar to what it was here no not really it was a it was just like kind of the basement of a police station okay did you get to make the siren sound like the kids do uh, no, I did not get to verbalize that. <laughs> that's the only. Th- that's the only other thing that I found notable here is because they show them around. They show them what the equipment does. The kids uh, imitate the siren, which is like, oh yeah, great. I bet they loved that. But they also do get to stand at the podium where the governor of Massachusetts gets to make his announcements, and they all kind of like point and like, you, I'll take your question. So it's just like what they would see on TV. That was kind of cute. But it was uh, an interesting one to leave until the end. And yeah, that is that is the end of the episode. Um, this is where I would normally put it now back to Arthur. But we're not going back to Arthur. We're, we're basically done. Uh, Lucas, it's time to talk about Shelter from the Storm. Ugh, I, this, this has really thrown me off. I feel really weird. But Shelter from the Storm, this is the season finale of season 18. What did you think about it? So, very interesting episode. I'll, I will say this. Yeah. For starters, I love it when the season finale feels emphatic. It feels like a big deal. It actually feels like the end of a season. You know, Arthur's a kid's show. It doesn't have to do that. More often than not, the last episode of a season is just an episode like any other episode in the season. They could have plopped any episode there. But the few times that they have done this, you know, I think about, um, what was the one about Arthur's summer vacation? Uh, or it's like the the New Year's episode. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sometimes the short, they've done the this, short quick the short quick summer. The short quick summer. Um, sometimes they've done this, you know, with the season premiere with you know the history of Elwood City. Um, and so I like it when they use these bookends as an opportunity to do something a little bit different. You know, take the show a little bit more seriously, more long form storytelling. And more often than not, Arthur has earned. You know, we watch a lot of crappy kids shows on this podcast. Well. And a lot of them, you know, if they're 26 minutes straight through, I'm rolling my eyes being like, God, they couldn't split this into two at one episode that was only 10 minutes. Yeah. Arthur often earns, you know, I was never, 
This this episode's a little bit of the Killers of the Flower Moon of Arthur in that I was never checking the <laughs> clock despite its runtime, right? I was never like, yeah. wow, is the 26 minutes up? They really make the most out of this additional time by doing a big ensemble episode where everyone kind of has an arc throughout the episode. Now, the obvious comparison um, is The Blizzard, my favorite Arthur episode of all time. Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, half the length of this, but deals with similar themes. Now, the Blizzard's a little bit more about, you know, the whole community coming together um, mm. to shelter from the storm, so to speak. Mm. Um, whereas this episode is kind of using the storm. The storm's less the focus, and it's more these stories they tell with everyone dealing with the storm. You know, most notably, Brain dealing with anxiety, um, LaDonna's stuff with her dad, which does is probably the stuff that works the least for me in this episode. Um, but all in all, I just really appreciated they went for it, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I always find that um, these episodes stand out in my head. These are the episodes you remember later on. So despite some uh, small kind of nitpicks about it, I really didn't like the LaDonna stuff, to be perfectly honest with you. Everything yeah. else really works, and everything else kind of earns the runtime, and it feels like this emphatic kind of closing the book on the season. I think that's a really good point, Lucas, and it's it it does feel like one of those closing type of episodes. You know, I, I want to make a quick point about that. Actually, when you mentioned those, that's not really related to this episode. I saw um, a very I, 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 I was watching a video about Arthur. I believe I shared it on our socials. I'm sorry, I don't remember who the person is that made this, but it was talking about how. Arthur, the show, gives us so many different outs, essentially. There are so many that you, because it's been on so long, there are so many that you can treat as the last word on the show that if you want to, you totally can. You know, we, as we will get to in like a year or so from now, we have our issues with the way that the series overall ends. But it that doesn't have to be our pick. And with episodes like this that involves so many of the characters and involve a coming together, you could treat it as the end. Maybe not this episode specifically, but it certainly is. are the similar ones. Like you said, the short, quick summer, the New Year's episode, those are the ones that can, t- can serve as someone's personal ending of the show, even if it isn't the last episode. Anyway, I just wanted to say that getting into Shelter from the Storm, I liked it. I thought it was pretty, I thought it was quite good. Um... I felt that everybody's story worked for me in one way or the other. Um, I agree that probably LaDonna's is the weakest for me, but that's honestly just because I don't like her as much as the other three focus characters. Arthur's was also a bit slight, but it well, was... Also, I will say this, yeah. um, not to interrupt your, your no, thoughts, it's okay. no, it's okay. in LaDonna's, they don't actually really resolve it with anything. It's like, okay, the kids come together to make LaDonna feel special, and then her dad happens to be able to show up. But... In the real world, like, there's not this magical ending, you know what I mean? Like, if her dad's on call, and he's on call during her birthday, he has to do that and not go to her birthday. So they don't actually resolve the issue with LaDonna and her dad. Like, it would actually even make more sense as a moral if her dad never showed up. And she was like, well, you know, my friends being here means enough to make up for it. Um, But her dad kind of showing up again by happenstance is a cop-out, right? Like... Because that's not how it works, right? It kind of goes against the whole lesson that they're trying to tell there. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. Just and and just because I don't think they need, we need to like 
get too real, you know? It's I, well, I think it's what, a, otherwise. What is she trying to learn though? Like if she's trying to deal with her dad not being around, if he's around but, by the, by the happenstance of magic, then what's but the I do, point? but I don't think that her story is about learning. I think it's about her dealing with it but not finding a solution because we're just finding out about this now i could see there being an episode down the line where oh. it's about her dealing with this right now we're just introducing the fact that this is part of Ladonna's life and this time it happened to work out but we've been told that it mm. hasn't before and it's created kind of a complex in her that's it's if this episode were more about her like let's say if it was half brain and half Ladonna, then maybe you could get into it but there just wasn't enough time so you don't have to do the big uh, revelation or learning for her this time. And especially because if anybody learned something in this one, it was brain. And it was because this, as I mentioned before, this is the April 9th episode combined with like other types of Arthur episodes in the sense that, and and you mentioned in the way that it's laid out, it's about characters reacting to a situation and we see all the different ways that someone can except in this case it's not necessarily trauma it's like a big weather event and this the even the name of the hurricane sadie is similar to hurricane sandy which would have happened a couple of years before this episode aired so i think it's a good thing for kids to understand like reactions to a crisis a crisis weather event and how it can be different and how it's okay and how in the situation where Brain is essentially in the binky role, where he gets a bit of trauma from this event, which is a normal reaction, and a therapist or uh, talking to someone in like a therapeutic setting can be very helpful for you. And I think that's a really good thing to introduce kids to at an early age so it isn't stigmatized. They even directly address that when, you know, Brain asks, does going to therapy mean that I'm crazy? And it's just like, no, let me get out in front of that because who knows what kids can hear about therapy when they're really little. So I think that that's a very good thing. Um, I, I, you know, aside from LaDonna's, I responded with the other kids' uh, things. As we said, don't love that the throwaway character never comes back. And, you know, she's just kind of a kid. So... Nothing, nothing much there. I think this doesn't necessarily hold up against your April 9th or like Elwood City Turns 100 or other big double episodes. But I still think that it's 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 a good one in that tradition. And I'm happy that this is where it is. Lucas, I think you made a great point of this ends the season very strong. It's not something you would want to put in the middle. And then it's like, what, are we going to follow this up with like a dog and baby episode or something? No, this is how you end it. And especially with the guest appearance from Adina Menzel. So really strong ending to Arthur season 18 for us here, I would say. And that means we're going to be turning the page onto the next season of Arthur very, very soon. But we've got a couple of stops along the way. So, obviously, the next thing that you're going to be hearing from us is two things. First, we are going to be having our typical end-of-season recording where we will be talking about how we felt about Season 18 overall and giving our top five favorite episodes. As well, patrons, you can expect the latest episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, coming your way a week after this podcast drops on Patreon. We're going to be talking about Let's Go Luna. I've been doing some research about it. I'm very interested to see the show for itself because the way that it was, the person who made it and the way it came together, very interesting, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. So that's what you can expect for uh, coming in early November is that episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. 
And then we're starting off Arthur season 19. And I'm very, very excited for that too. Uh, we're <laughs> so I'm Lucas. I'm glad that this episode, because it was so brain heavy, was one that put him in a position that made him a bit more palatable for you. Because season 19 starts off with the episodes Brain's Brain and Brain Sees Stars. Oh man. <laughs> it's a it's 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 a double brain scenario here. Well, we're let's brain squared. Well, open mind, open heart, onwards into the future season. <laughs> We've also got some other cool content coming your way for the last two months of 2023 that I will I'm going to stay quiet on for now. But if you're a patron, it will be coming your way sooner rather than later. So I encourage you if any if any of these extra podcasts and extra content sounds cool, patreon.com/elwoodcitylimits and we thank everybody who has signed up for us there, but we will have stuff coming on the free feed as well. Lots to come in the next couple of weeks, Lucas. I'm glad to have you back as we turn the page onto another season and by the time some people are hearing this, Halloween's going to be over. It's going to be almost over. And then we're into that weird period where it's not quite Christmas yet. So wherever you are with the season, wherever you are with the changing of the temperatures, thanks a lot for being with us for season 18, seasons 1 through 18. And we will catch you on the way to and into season 19 of Arthur. That's Elwood City Limits. My name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini... Looks like we're going to have to celebrate your grad do christmas Murph day some other time. We'll see you next time.